um, Old Testament, we're going actually through the whole Bible, um, to find Jesus in every book of the Bible, because every book of the Bible points towards a Savior. And we know that um, even if God is not mentioned in the book, he still works out salvation. He still works out in his will. It still works out in his love and his grace. And a really cool book um, that is just one of my favorite ones uh, is Esther. Now, some people say, well, it's a little vain because there's a beauty contest. And, well, God has given people beauty, and that's a talent, okay? I am not one of them. So somebody beat me with an ugly stick. It's okay. At least one person loves me. Um, So Esther is just an awesome book to know that God, even if he's not mentioned, still works in people's lives. So, there's a celebration, and and the Jews were were all about celebration. I guess Americans are too, because we have all kinds of celebrations. But one in particular is Purim. Purim means lots. Now, where did we hear that word? When Jesus was hanging on the cross, they cast lots for his clothing. What else did we hear that from? When they picked the third when they picked the 13th disciple, what did they do? They cast lots. Okay? Now, I know we're getting into this whole gambling thing and, you know, casting lots, but that was their tradition to pick because it would be up to God to pick the person through the casting of lots. Now, I don't know if I agree with that, but that was their purpose. And so Purim is Casting lots. So Proverbs 16:33 says, "The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord." Isn't that interesting? Even Proverbs 16:33 talks about lots. So in the Old and New Testament, lots were cast for important decisions. And so the important decision wasn't made by a Jew; it was made by Haman on how he was going to kill the Jews. Isn't that interesting? But God performed a miracle through two people. And one of them was Mordecai, and the other one was Esther. Now, as we look at some of these uh, players in this story, we need to recap and go over this. So we have King Xerxes, who kind of didn't like his queen. She was a little arrogant. She was a little, like, prideful. And so King Xerxes said, hey, Queen Vashti, come out and show yourself to all these people at my party. And she's like, mm-mm, I ain't coming out. No. And she stayed in. And the king, because he said it in front of people, a little pride issue, he says, you're out. And so he had to find another queen. And so they they searched the the, the the places, they searched everywhere, they got all these women together, and they started doing these beauty and makeup treatments and things like that. Yes, it's okay to wear makeup, okay? And so, out of all of these women, it just perchance that King Xerxes picks Esther. And then, uh, even before that, Haman was like second in command. And so Mordecai actually saved the king's life, and Haman didn't like that. Because Haman was second in command, and he was like, why would a lowly person do this? 
And so he got angry and got mad. And so King Xerxes actually promoted Mordecai, and that even made him angrier. Then Haman had this plot devised by his wife to kill the Jews. And he was like, well, how am I really going to do this? And so he casted lots, and there was this idea of hanging them by the highest rope. All of them. Annihilation. And so Mordecai had this plan of saying, hey, Esther, you're in the right place at the right time for the right reason. Save the people. And Esther had this kind of confliction because if you went to the king without being uh, told to come, you would automatically die. King had to put his scepter out and then you could come see him. Well, Esther came to him without doing that. And the king didn't do anything. Actually, Esther said, hey, I want to invite you to a meal. And he's like, really? Meal? For me and Haman? Sure. And after the third time, Esther reveals the plan of Haman, and the king gets really, really angry. And guess who dies at the end? Haman. And Mordecai gets uh, in, in the government, and Esther saves her people. Actually, actually turned on them, and the king had an edict that they could actually go after the people that were going to kill him and have all their stuff. So in that moment... Israel, all of Israel, had a celebration. And I wonder why. Because they were going to be annihilated, and they had a party instead. And so, looking at some of these uh, big players in Esther, we see that actually Jesus was working out many things in each of these players. Now, obviously, we don't want to compare Jesus to an angry, prideful person. But it's interesting that some of these players point Towards Jesus. Now, how, do you, how is that possible? Well, let's let's look. First Samuel sixteen seven. So Jesus looks on the inside, not on the outside. A lot of times we're like, well, you know, he looks good, she looks good, and maybe she, they're full of evil and they're just ugly inside, and yet they're beautiful on the outside. Or somebody could, you know, be like me and I'm beauty inside but not on the outside. I know I'm. Anyway, so First Samuel sixteen seven. Now, we, we don't want to be like King Xerxes and just look on the outside. Jesus, however, sees the beauty inside. And he even says it in 1 Samuel 16, 7. He says this, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider, this is, this is him picking David, young person, out in the field, smelly, coming in with the shepherd, and then he picked him as king and he sent him back. Do not consider his appearance or his height. I have rejected him, that, not David, but his other uh, brothers. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. Good thing, right? People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, obviously, King Xerxes was not a Jew. He was not a Christian. He was not a God follower. But yet God used him. It's interesting. I'd rather know who's using me for his purpose and for his love, than to be oblivious and not acknowledge at all, and God's going to use you anyway. I'd rather know my father who's using me than not. And that's why I encourage people to have to come to Jesus, because God the Father is our Father. We want to actually be used by him, right? 
That's why we came to Jesus, because he has paid it all, and we give all to him, even the ugly stuff inside. And once we give it to him, that ugly stuff goes away, and we are beautiful again in our spirit. So, Jesus looks on the inside. Jesus paid off our debt if we choose him. Now, Queen Vashti got a little upset and angry, and she lost her court privileges, and she lost everything that she owned. Now, we're in a similar situation. We're in the spiritual court, and we have a debt to pay. We have sin and shame and the gross things that we do against God and against others. And we're sitting in the courtroom. Have you ever sat in the courtroom? Woo! I got PB&J. That's a probation before judgment for a speeding ticket in Delaware. It, was, it went from a 55 to a 25, okay? It's very hard to go from 55 to 25. Anyway, and I was nervous. I, it was just a speeding ticket, and it was about $150, and I, I was still like sweaty palms. I couldn't talk. I couldn't even say, you know, thank you, judge, or whatever afterwards. I don't even know what I said. I was way nervous. And yet he gave me PBJ, and I never got a ticket in Delaware again, and that was merciful. But see, Jesus is sitting there, and we have a debt to pay. Queen Vashti paid her debt because she got kicked out. But hopefully God does not kick us out. He has grace and mercy, and he paid our debt. So I think Queen Vashti might be pointing to Jesus that, hey, she lost everything because she couldn't acknowledge the king, and people are going to lose everything if they don't acknowledge the king. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin, the, the payment of sin is what? Death. Death. And we're not talking physical. We're talking spiritual, away from God totally. But the gift of God. Now, what do you have to do to a gift? you got to open it. I mean, it's not going to sit there forever. You know, you want to, like, rip the paper off and, you know, every, all over the place. You should see me at Christmas. I'm still a big kid. And so we have to actually do something. We actually have to have that gift in our hand and say, look, I'm going to choose Jesus. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We had a debt, and Jesus paid it off. Then we have Mordecai. Mordecai, warning was going to happen, but see, he, he warned the people, hey, this is going to happen. He warned Esther, hey, you, you were placed here for a reason. Uh, hey, king, this is going to happen. And the king did something about it. But when we come to Jesus, it changes us. i got to warn you, when Jesus changes you, it's not pretty. You are going to have to sacrifice. You are going to have to be disciplined. You are going to have to be self-controlled. You are going to be out of you and bring Jesus in. You will have to give up things. And that's okay, because it's worth it. Heaven is going to be so much worse than what we gave up. Maybe our privileges or our ideas or how we feel inside. I still struggle with things, but I know I can't do it, but I'm going to struggle. I'm going to have a hurtful feeling, but God helps me. The Holy Spirit fills those desires. And does it come out again? Oh, yeah, it does. The devil loves to just <clears throat> punch you right in the gut, right where he knows you hurt. 
But the Holy Spirit, I can say, get away from me, Satan. So when we come to faith, just like Mordecai was warning, I'm going to warn you, when you have faith, you will change. If you're not changing, if you're not maturing, if you're not giving up something for Jesus Christ, you might want to consider repentance. Because being a Christian should hurt spiritually. It should hurt emotionally and physically and mentally. Because our human side is fighting what? Jesus. We want to do what we want to do. No, 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 no. You're a Christian. You do what Jesus wants you to do. Oh, no, 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 no. I want to do what I... No, I want to do... See how that goes? And it splits us. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says, For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Don't wait. Jesus is coming back. If it's any more, any more closer, I don't know how you can actually see the world and say, no, he's not coming back. He's, eh, it's a couple thousand years away, right? He's coming back. Change now before you're forced to your knees when he does come back. Change now. And so Mordecai was warning everybody, and I think Jesus is warning us again. Today is the day of salvation. And so when Haman was plotting this, he wanted to murder all the Jews. He wanted everyone to, to know that Haman was the best. Haman, Haman. What, what was that issue? Uh, an eye problem. It's pride. Now, pride gets us to spiritual dead. But God wants us spiritually alive. So what, what brings life? Not pride. What brings life? What's the opposite? Humbleness. And does our bodies want that? Heck no. Not as Americans. We're independent. We, we could do it ourselves. Jesus says you can't. You are a wretched person. But when you get into God's hands, you are alive spiritually. And so Romans 6, 11 says, In the same way, count yourselves, what? Dead to what? Sin. That means the pleasures of the flesh. That means the wants of a human but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We want to do what God wants us to do, not what we want to do. And so constantly we need to be in prayer and faith and grow stronger. Haman didn't get that message. Haman said, oh, <laughs> I got power. I'm second in command. I'm going to kill all the Jews. God said, mm-mm, no, you're not doing that. God cannot be mocked. Trust me, you do it long enough, God's not going to give you grace and mercy. I've seen people on TV mock God in front of millions of people. And the next day, or even that second, things happen. You do not mock God. God is the God of the universe. And Haman said, no, I'm the universe. And God said, nope. I'm going to save my people. Now we get to Queen Esther. I like her. She's cool. They had a beauty contest, and obviously King Xerxes picked her out. She went to all these beauty treatments, and she became his bride. Now, now, where do you think I'm going with this? The bride? Oh, the church. You are the bride of Christ. We are beautiful in God's sight. Esther 4.14 says this, For if you remain silent, this is Mordecai telling Esther, Hey, if you remain silent... God's still going to do something. 
Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows? I love this. Because we know now that hindsight's 2020. We know what God was doing in Esther, right? But Mordecai said this in faith. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Let's put that in perspective. Why did John... Why was John born? Hey, John. Why, why were you born? Just seek and save the lost. Okay, there you go. And he was born to be a teacher, to influence children, to, to actually encourage me. Like every Sunday, I love his encouragement. I mean, he's an encourager. He is definitely has the gift of encouragement. And in Nora, I mean, out of the whole world, they came and saw me and were friends. And they encouraged me. Of all the people in the world, I have a wife that is wonderful and beautiful. Of all the people in the world, God has made Andrew and Isla and a purpose and a reason. He does not make a mistake, guys. You were made for purpose and a reason for such a time as this. Why in 2023? (laughs) Because God put you here for a reason. To seek and to save the lost. To use your talent to encourage and to equip other Christians. And to, and to actually be the light in the darkness. Guys, <laughs> Esther had no clue probably when she woke up that morning, when she's, you know, they were picking all these uh, wonderful women, that she was going to actually save a whole nation. Mordecai had faith and said, look, why are you in this position? Because you're going to save. Jesus has saved the church. We are a beautiful bride, inside and out. He has given us beauty treatments. And you know what the beauty treatments are? Right here. This is how we get beauty in, in sight of Jesus. We read, we study, we, we, we practice it, we have faith. If we're not doing this, eh, we're not maturing. Look at these things that Esther... Now, God is not mentioned in this book, but Jesus... We can see Jesus working here. We can see God working. Jesus looks on the inside. Jesus pays off our debt if we choose him. Jesus wants us to change in faith. Jesus wants us alive spiritually. Jesus made us for a purpose and for a reason. Never doubt that. People who have lost that hope hurt themselves and hurt others. People have lost that hope that they are made for a purpose and a reason. Live for pleasure. But I'm asking you, don't do that. You are made to worship. Because Jesus is always there, even if we don't think he is. I love Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. It is the Great Commission. It is for all Christians to go out and do these things. But one of the most exciting things at the end of this And I think Esther and Mordecai knew that God would do this. And Jesus promised us this. The last words of Jesus. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Guys, Jesus is with us. Even if we don't feel like it, even if we say, hey, there's a bump in the road and we're just dragging our feet. God is there. Just reach out. He is the one who helps us. He is the one who looks on the inside. He is the one that has chosen us 
for purpose and for reason. He wants us not to be dead in our sins and stay there. He wants us spiritually alive and changing and maturing. The book of Esther is a wonderful book. Read it. It's not that long. It explains a lot. And the Jews celebrate it. I think we should probably celebrate Purim too. Because if it wasn't for Purim, if it wasn't for God working through Esther, Jesus would have never came and we would have not been here. Thank you, God, for using Esther. Thank you, God, for using you. Thank you, God, for using me. It is his purpose and for his reason. Let's pray.